4: I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere. And I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer! Welcome to Mad Money! Welcome to Kramer. I'd be one of my friends, I'm just trying to make you some money. My job's not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you, so call me at one 800 743 cbc Or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Every now and then, I worry. That we live in the dumbest of all possible worlds. I look at some of these moves in individual stocks and they're just breathtaking in their stupidity. I wish oh, I were sure, joking. But a day like today where the blue chips held in there, Dow up 39 points, SP advancing 0.1%, and there's records lapping again, NASDAQ plummeting 0.6%. You can see so many moves that were truly idiotic. Too idiotic for words, You got individual stocks making explosive moves based on nothing and only have those moves repealed a few moments later. And hey, maybe, maybe it makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, why shouldn't the stock market be full of irrationality? After all, today our president embarked on a major new economic strategy by hitting send on a few tweets. Don't get me wrong, Trump's criticism of the Federal Reserve? Totally legitimate. I buy into it! When he says the Fed has, quote, incessantly lifted in rates even though inflation is very low, end quote, he's making a good point. Trump wants Fed Chief Jerome Powell to start cutting rates because with looser monetary policy, he believes that, quote, we have the potential to go up like a rocket, end quote. In theory, I'd love the rate cut right now, but I don't think you can get there by using the bully pulpit to try to bludgeon the the Fed's submission. I don't know what uh, Trump's actually uh, hoping to accomplish with the tweets. And remember, he does have two open seats on the Fed boards of governors. Why not just appoint two guys with uh, consistently dovish track records? One of them was on our air today. I don't know. It made a lot of sense to me. In a world. Where the president makes policy via social media, of course the stock market's going to be dominated by ill-considered, illogical moves. I get it. But man, today's action still bugged the heck out of me. There were moments where it felt like we'd gone full-blown idiocy. All right, there's some rationality. Thank you. Sometimes the market seems crazy, turns out to be crazy like a fox. I thought all the people who bought Apple going into today's quarter might end up getting burned, right? Feeling like dopes. However, it turns out the buyers knew what they were doing, as Apple reported a spectacular quarter that propelled the stock into the stratosphere, in, after our trading, of course, even though it had already run up dramatically over the past few months. Not only did Apple deliver a nice top and bottom line beat, but China, the major source of weakness last quarter, is turning around. Well, I spoke to Tim about it. I was surprised how bullish he was. And iPhone sales... That's Tim Cook, the CEO. And iPhone sales were still down 17%. Managers said they started picking up at the end of the quarter. And the growth in wearables and the fabulous service revenue stream could make the current quarter a truly excellent one. Of course, I didn't... Uh, it did not hurt that the stock was down today. I liked that. Wow. That's pretty good. Who did that? Heather. Heather did Heather that. And Heather and Danielle. congratulations. That is one unbelievably good graphic. Um... I'm kind of stunned by that. Looks like it could be used on national TV. Anyway, uh, unlike so many lo- lukewarm buy analysts, and you know who I am, these sunshine soldiers, these you know, summer patriots, Apple bought back billions of dollars worth of stock with an average price of 167 now it's it's a ten. Now it makes sense too. Is did the possibility that some enterprising analysts might soon realize that the lifetime value of the service stream of an iPhone user? You know all the things that are needed. You Get the credit card, the music, you get the pictures back. That may turn out to be the greatest annuity, greatest annuity stream of all time. The, the lifetime value. That's my next big thing. I'm working on this. Tim Cook. Congratulations. Another fantastic quarter. Oh, by the way, to Tim Cook's critics, uh, who seem to disparage everything this man has accomplished, clean people I had to hear this afternoon. I can't say on air how I feel about your ill-advised thin gruel. Go pound sand. So keep those positives in mind. Oops. What fell from the tree? Because what looks like stupidity today may turn out to be very smart tomorrow. That said, there's no excuse for some of this stuff. Hey, first, let's talk about guilt by association. Last night, Alphabet parent company of Google reported a major shortfall, even as management stubbornly insisted it was a good quarter. Response to stock plunged seven point seven percent today. Forget their Alice in Wonderland critical analysis of ninety days worth of Google time. The truth is that Alphabet's issues were company-specific. If anything, the weakness here tells you that Alphabet's competitors are taking share, taking names, companies losing market share in its core index ad business. Presumably, at Amazon and Facebook, both of which present seamless alternatives. Amazon's a lot more friendly to the enterprise. Facebook's much more friendly to small and medium-sized business. In a rational world, Amazon and Facebook would have rallied on the news that they're beating the stuffing out of Alphabet. But, of course, that's not what happened. Instead, Amazon and Facebook actually sold their stocks go down today based on the theory that if Alphabet's doing badly, everybody's doing badly. That's just stupid nonsense. Alphabet has shortfall because they're losing the business to Amazon and Facebook competitors. The other problem is that they're all part of the same basket. FANG, my acronym for Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. There are tons of ETFs that have bundled these stocks together so that when one of them takes a header, the whole group gets hit. Boy, is that bad. Hey, at least you can buy the winners into weakness here. The market's stupidity can be your opportunity. What else is driving me nuts? How about the entire consumer packaged goods sector today? These stocks all roared, driven by the ridiculous few that we're about to go into recession. Look, I like PepsiCo, Clorox, Colgate, Nice Quarter, Kimberly, Clark, and Procter & Gamble. But these stocks all had gigantic moves today on no real news. I mean, literally nothing. Now, you'll hear that these stocks are rallying because people are worried about a recession, and it could be right around the corner, to which I say, maybe portfolio managers have swapped their heads for bags of hammers Because that's how dumb that thesis is. I don't mean to insult hammers, especially the kind of claw hammer, which is very valuable. But the economy is in great shape, and it's lunacy for the consumer packaged goods names to be rallying like this. Why? Well, we know this. One of the reasons is because the transports have gotten on fire. Not that long ago, FedEx and United Parcel both reported quarters that felt like an ice axe buried more than two inches into the skull of problematic Kramer fave Leon Trotsky. Since then, though, FedEx is rallying nonstop, straight line. And now United Parcel is following in the same footsteps. They reported an ugly quarter last week. Stock got crushed. Now it's making it a comeback. They both forward, which begs the question. If people are buying Clorox, PepsiCo, Procter because they're worried about the economy, why the heck are they also doubling down on FedEx and UPS? It's like the right hand doesn't know what the left is doing. More accurately, portfolio managers are exercising their First Amendment right to do incredibly stupid things founding fathers. Blah. Oh, and you want real lunacy? Today, Occidental Petroleum, which is trying to buy Anadarko, decided to accept $10 billion of Warren Buffett's money to make the bid work. I am not a fan of this deal. Occidental pays you 5.3% yield with its common stock. They'll be paying Buffett 8% of the money he invested. While I love being affiliated with Warren Buffett, and I totally understand why uh, Vicky Hollis would want to do that the CEO, I don't love owning companies that think they need to pay him way too much interest. If I were Occidental, I would have just borrowed from the bond market, probably gotten a little cheaper. No need to create a whole new category of preferred stock that's more preferred than you are. My view. I own Anna Darko from my Chapel Trust, which you can follow by joining the ActionLearnsPlus.com club. But I think it's time to ring the register on both Anadarko and, and Occidental. The latter was only down 2% today. I think it should have been down a lot harder. And if not for Buffett's Kylie Jenner-like following, $18 in one Instagram. Thank you again, Heather. Boy, is she valuable today. I bet it would have. Uh, all right. Bottom line here. Look. When the stock market does something stupid, that's your opportunity to take the other side of the trade and do something smart. But I can't say I like it when the, fool- when the action is this foolish because it creates outrageous opportunities. Well, let's just say I don't like it because it, I don't like the market to denigrate itself. I do like it because it gave you a chance to buy Apple. Henry in Georgia. Henry! Booyah, big bull market from Georgia, Jim. Wow, that's spirited. In, that's what I call spirited booyah uh, south of the... You like yeah. that. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah um, I guess I, I... Embraer, guess so. huh?
5: ERJ. I like the stock. I like the company. With all the trouble with Boeing and the MAX 737, before I put a, a plane load into this stock, tell me, worth it or not? Show me what you know, Jim.
4: Well, I'd much rather see you in uh, a company that can benefit uh, either way. I mean, why not be in Honeywell? Why not be United Technologies? I think you're selling yourself short. And you're from Georgia. I don't want that to happen. I, I think it's not fair to you. I think that you showed spirit. You showed joie de vivre. And I don't want you to lose money. Don't go there. Let's go to D in Virginia. D.
0: Yay. Booyah, Jim. Mad Money rocks. You My bet it does. On, so you told them, go. Last time I told and I are your biggest fans. We love, love, love your show. We're so grateful to be part of the Mad Money community. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> So today, I was watching um, so much on the news, but the great earnings report from Mastercard. Oh, We've it been was the so MasterCard fabulous! Customers for a long time.
4: Yes, we have a long time, a long-term stock portfolio. So, what do you say about? Oh no, I, I, this and we this were in our bullpen to be added next Thursday when I do my com club call, and both of them now got away. Aj Bonga, will you please come on the show? I, I don't beg. I don't beg, so I'm not begging. I, please come on. I, I'm begging. Uh, Alex in California, please, Alex. yeah, Mr. Jim Kramer. Alex, that's terrific. <laughs> I'm just having some lunch, but I had a question for Bank of America ahead of the Fed meeting tomorrow, and of the total um, sector.
1: What do you think of Bank of America and I, the financials? I like Bank
4: of America, but you, you, look, I'm going to come back to J.P. Morgan. Bank of America's good. There were, hey, there was some clown. I mean, there was an ill-advised person who downgraded today, and I think the stock's very inexpensive. But it's not as cheap as uh, Citi, which I think is doing well, and I like J.P. Morgan's uh, quarter a little bit better. All right, today bugged me. All right, I'm being real honest with you. Oh, sure. Some stocks were just plain out stupid. But that can present opportunities like Apple. And once again, congratulations to Tim Cook. And those who want to criticize him, uh, let me tell you. I'll give you my address show. I'm not kidding. No money tonight. Its a company that powers over 800,000 businesses, like Unilever, uh, uh, Kylie Cosmetics, Alberts. Two mentions of Kylie so far in the show. But is there still time to buy Shopify after today's move higher? I'm talking to its top executive. Then I'm coming down on a company I've endured, and I'm not happy about it. It makes me sad. I'll reveal in a moment. And my exclusive with Zebra Technologies: Has the company changed its stripes after today's decline? Hmm. Sit down with the CEO. Stay with Kramer.
3: NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving.
5: Shopify wants to grow your small business, or as they call it, from first sale to full scale.
2: Shopify was built to help anyone that has an idea start a great business and sell to a global audience.
5: With a new partnership with Snap, will this small commerce captain navigate big returns for investors?
4: All right, look at Shopify. We're was so excited this morning. Let's walk in the street when they printed their number. Up so nearly eighteen dollars, eight percent today, to the point where it's now giving you a thirty-nine percent gain since we last heard from them in February. If you don't remember, Shopify is a cloud-based software company that gives small, medium-sized businesses the tools they need to create their own online stores. Now you know I've been a huge fan of this story, but even I didn't expect the company to report this kind of epic blowout that it delivered this morning. Shopify are nine cents a share. Wall was looking for a four percent loss. Higher than expected sales, up fifty percent year over year, probably the highest i seen. Imagine also gave you a very bullish forecast for the next quarter. Recently, the stock's become ridiculous. A battleground? What is that about? Tons of short sellers betting on Shopify would disappoint? Good luck. Those shorts capitulated today, adding more fuel to the fire of this incredible rally. Can you keep climbing? Let's take a closer look with Harley Finkelstein, Shopify's chief operating officer. Get a better sense of the quarter where the company said, Mr. Finkelstein, welcome back to Man Money. Great. Happy good here. to see you. Yeah, you see, to good to see you. Okay, Harley, I, we talk about how, uh, what Shopify does. I think of it like this everybody's equal in Shopify. It doesn't matter whether you're a $10 billion, $100 billion company or some person tinkering. You have empowered more people than any
2: other company I've ever seen. How do you do it? Thanks for saying that. That's what we're all about. We're all about making it much easier for entrepreneurs to get started. So I remember the first time I got my first sale, I was, I was in school. I was an early Shopify merchant, and I looked up on my email and saw that I had a, I had a first sale, and it was the most empowering moment of my life. It meant that I had freedom and I was able to pursue my life's work. And now that happens almost every single minute on Shopify across 820,000 merchants. And if you think about it... 820,000? That's how many we have now. Yeah, Actually, a little more than that. And actually, if you think about it, um, if you aggregate all those merchants into one big big bucket, we're actually the third largest online retailer in the United States. So the reason that's important is because we're able to take those incredible economies of scale that traditionally the third biggest retailer in the United States could do, and we're able to trickle them down to entrepreneurs. So what we're doing is we're leveling the playing field. That means they get better rates on shipping and processing and capital, and now all of a sudden these small businesses can compete with the biggest retailers and brands on the planet.
4: You're helping them now with uh, the uh, the gun, you're, you, with the uh, ammo, too, I mean, because you've got
2: readers, you've got things that make it so that they're equal to the big boys even when it comes to technology. That's right. So our view is the future retails retail everywhere. So right. what Shopify really is is we're this retail operating system. You can come with us and you can build an online store, but you can also use our products to sell in a brick and mortar store. You can cross sell on Instagram or Facebook or Amazon or eBay or anywhere, but it all feeds back into one simple and, 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 and centralized back office. And that's where you run your entire business. Now that is something that wasn't possible even a couple years ago.
4: The analysts drove me crazy to the crazy because they're, they focus on that you might lose business to Instagram, but you obviously are like the PayPal. You you don't care about who gets it. you got the. It's your platform. It doesn't matter if
2: Instagram helps. It's probably even better. Yeah. So the more places merchants can sell, the better it is. What it does, <laughs> it means that the complexity of, of retail becomes more complicated. And Shopify simplifies it because the more channels, the more things we can do to simplify that whole process for entrepreneurs. And of course, we have economics with all these different channels. And so there's still upside for us when our merchants sell across a whole bunch of channels.
4: All right. Well, we were talk about 2019 has been the year. Our executive producer Virginia Gilgindo. I speak about this all the time. Where we're going to talk about, talk about empowerment. Talk about companies that do things for that are good for others. You have, you lend. You actually stakehold. And you mentioned
2: it just briefly. I need you to tell more people about this because I think it's quite remarkable. You do good for them and it does good for you. Yeah, so what we realized was a lot of these small businesses, they can start a business on Shopify really easily. But when they want to go and raise capital, whether it's for inventory or it's for marketing, no bank is giving them any money. And because we understand their businesses so well, we're able to deploy capital for them that they can then use to grow their business. And we've now given out more than $500 million worth of capital to small businesses who otherwise would never be able to get that supply. And what's the return? The return for them is that they're able to grow businesses and they're able to compete. So you look at a company like Allbirds that's beating companies like Nike, and you look at companies like Bombas taking out the incumbents in the sock industry, or Kylie Cosmetics even, who's, who's competing yeah, with the you. biggest companies. That's you. And so we're, we, what we're really trying to do is level that playing field so that anyone that has a great idea and has ambition can build an. Amazing amazing business. But at the same time, the, the big boys have a, I, like, can't fight them, just join them,
4: right? I mean, now the biggest names in consumer packaged goods are using you.
2: Yeah, that's one of the cool parts of what's happening right now. We're seeing companies like P&G and Unilever, and as I announced today in the earnings call, Johnson & Johnson, James. that are coming to us that are building their own direct-to-consumer brand stores. Now, these are big CPGs that in the past would only go into big retailers right. to be resold, and now they're going direct. And so even they are taking a cue from some of the entrepreneurs, which we think is, is really cool. Okay, so how does everyone
4: young I know who's starting a business, know about Shopify, but these short sellers don't know anything. How is it possible that people in their 20s know that their dream can be re- can be realized by Shopify, and people in their 40s and 50s say, I don't even know what that thing is? Well, I think Shopify has been under the covers a little bit over the last
2: Decade Canada, or so. not and promotional. May, 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 what? Maybe that we were Canadian. We mentioned a little bit about the Canadian modesty in the environment up there uh, on our last time we spoke. But generally, I think people are starting to realize now what Shopify is doing. Shopify is the entrepreneur company. We're the company enabling entrepreneurs everywhere, big and small. And uh, and frankly, for those short sellers, I think a lot of them are, are are distorting information. They're not correct. And frankly, the fundamentals look really good. Our revenue was up 50% year over year. GMV was 12 uh, was 12 billion dollars for the quarter, up 50% year over year. And we get more and more merchants. From all over the world today, and it's really exciting.
4: I have to tell you that we go out to the Silicon Valley a lot, and I always ask what company would you like to buy? What is the company that they that they most want to acquire? All the, you know, I'm talking about supply chain people, but I'm also talking about cloud based. They always mention they they mentioned Shopify, but you are not for sale,
2: right? We're not for sale. We want to build a hundred year company. We think we are just getting started, and frankly, this last quarter was a great start to the year ahead of us. Okay, so people say, well, wait a second, Jim, they're up against Amazon. There's no room. Uh, that's just a false dichotomy, right? Yeah, look, Amazon's a big marketplace, and we have merchants who cross sell on Amazon as well. But if you're a merchant in 2019, you need to sell everywhere. You have to also own the relationship with your customer. When you go to a big marketplace, you rent customers in the marketplace. When you build your own online store or your own physical store, you own the entire customer relationship. You own the profit margin. You own that customer is your customer. You can remarket to them. And uh, frankly, that is a much better business model than just selling on a single place. I,
4: I know I got one minute left. Give me one great story about someone who had nothing, who's created something, and did it with your
2: help. Yeah, probably one of the best stories I like to talk about is uh, someone named Debbie Sterling. Uh, she created a company called Gold. Goldie Blocks. And what Goldie Blocks did was she was frustrated by the fact that she couldn't find toys to inspire little girls to become entrepreneurs. And so she actually started her store for the Shopify Build a Business Competition a couple years ago, built this amazing business. business. She, we had a business competition yeah. to inspire people to create businesses. And De- Debbie created Goldie Blocks on Shopify and has grown to be one of the best toys on, on, on the planet competing with Mattel for business. And she did the whole thing on Shopify. Another one is Movement Watches. This is a company started in 2014 on Shopify making watches. And a couple months ago, they got a by Movado for $200 million. Oh. <laughs> Movado couldn't compete with them, so they bought them instead. And I have 820,000 stories just like that happening on our platform every single day. You make me happy. Thank you very much for having me on. That is, that is
4: Harley Finkelstein's,
2: And he is the Shopify
4: Chief Operating <laughs> Officer. Harley, thank you so much for coming Thanks on the to show. Net money's it. back into the break.
3: This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at
2: aarp.org slash skills.
0: When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed.
4: Very sad today. And not just because Elon Musk called me a shallow fake. Uh, that's the first time I've heard that since second grade, when my dad let me have it for getting a B on my book card. Now, I'm sad because of Alphabet, the company formerly known as Google. I'm bummed out because after this quarter, I feel compelled to say a bunch of bad things about a company that I like a great deal, not to mention a person respect a great deal, Ruth Porat, Alphabet's CFO, who ran the conference call. The problem here is very simple. When you miss numbers, you have to acknowledge it. You need to say, hey, we messed up. This is what went wrong. This is how we'll fix it. Alphabet disappointed. But Ruth Porat didn't say that. She didn't tell us, yeah, our ad revenue is decelerated, but we're not going to let that happen again. We're going to take back our lost market share because we refuse to surrender our search advertising crown. Now, if we'd heard that, I think actually Alphabet Stock, which was down more than 7%, money actually held up better. But instead, it seems like this company has become constitutionally incapable of admitting that they let anybody down. You let them down. You let me down. I've read the conference call transcript several times, searching for even for one speck of humility. I don't think management recognized that they're simply not selling enough ads. They're not selling ads hard enough to make up for the currency here, which is what they really need to do. When you report a billion-dollar revenue shortfall, you got to know that's because you're losing market share to the likes of Facebook and Amazon. <laughs> Yet Alphabet refuses to acknowledge this. I think that's a mistake. Honestly, I have a better dashboard than they do. I talk to CEOs from every industry that need to be advertising on the web, and it's clear to me that the money's flowing away from Google despite the fact that Google search is basically the point of sale. It should be easy for them to win here. Instead, Amazon's become the point of sale. And Alphabet's problems run even deeper than that. I'm starting to question if they know how to deal with the enterprise, for example. And I'm starting to think that they've let down a lot of their partners who are very angry about the endless formulation changes designed to keep customers on their toes. I'm sick of being on my toes. We know Alphabet's beefing up their cloud business, but again, they never actually admitted that they fell behind in the first place. This business used to be triumphant, split among Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure, and Google Cloud. But they've fallen hopelessly behind. They're way, way, way behind. they got to go outside for help. Their plan is to spend billions to catch up with Microsoft and Amazon, but it's not, it's not a bad plan. But uh, how do we get to the point where Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure ate Google's cloud launch? Isn't Google better than that? Now, the run-up to the quarter, I got excited about all the money Alphabet could be making from the premium-paid YouTube subscribers. That was stupid. I figured they'd really get, you know, get a little monetization going, stop being so arrogant, turn out to be dead wrong, billion-dollar's wrong. And the shortfall wasn't even the worst part. The real problem is the lack of humility. Alphabet has lost the confidence of the analysts who cover it. It was a terrible conference call, terrible Q&A. During that Q&A session, most of them seemed mystified, stultified, bummed out. How could this have been such a bad quarter? As Ross Sandler, old pro at Barclays, put it in, quote, I guess I'll just beat the dead horse on the deceleration comment again, end quote, meaning he, too, was desperate to figure out what the heck happened here. How would business deteriorate, decelerate so badly? Alphabet provided no answers. You know what? I'll do it. The culprit? Sloppy execution, bad salesmanship, and most important, Alphabet's getting its butt kicked by hungrier, more savvy competitors. Told you I was sad. Dane in California, Dane,
1: Hi, Jim. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I want to
4: give you a Philadelphia Eagles buh 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 bu- boo Now that, this man is on the train. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I also want to wish my mother a happy birthday. Shout out to my dad watching. Absolutely. The stock I'm calling
1: about is Snap. I bought Snap at eleven ninety five right before they released their earnings. After the earnings were reported, the stock took off and after I was trading. When the stock opened the following day, it fell drastically due to the reports that it might take longer for Snap to become profitable and plans to increase spending. The stock has
4: begun to come back. Where do you see Snap going long-term and short-term? I, well, I think that Snap is getting its arm. That was a good conference call. And, and I've been very critical. I, now invite, I invite Mr. Speaker on because he did a good job. When you do badly, mad money crushes you. Okay? When you do well, mad money says good things. And they did a good job. I think you're fine in the stock. Don in Texas.
1: Don. Hello, Jim. Don, Don Helen Big D. It's always a privilege to get to talk to you. Jim, Same. today I'm kind of concerned about the next earnings on Thursday for Square. What are your
5: thoughts, your wishes, your desires for their earnings?
4: Well, I think Square is an empowerment company, and that's a theme that has long-term uh, positive secular growth. Uh, it's helped a lot of small merchants to do well. Uh, and I think that that is, uh, again, very positive. So I'm not going to worry about the near-term square. I think that it's got a terrific business model, and it will do fine. Now we need to go to... Do you have an emoji of me crying? You said you were sad. I am sad. All right. Richard, New Jersey.
2: Richard. Richard! Hi, Jim Booyah from Exit 98 on the Garden State Parkway. Man, I'm, I'm, look, I'm
4: 105, off. but I love 98. I like the Walmart right there. I, and by the way, you've got a really good, you know that, that uh, mall, the, the outlet mall there? I know it. I like it. Sensational. Nike okay. outlet. Yeah.
2: Uh, my question is about CTSH, Cognitive, Cognitive, Cognitive Technologin. Found in the headquarters in Teaneck, New Jersey. I've held it for a couple months, and it's traded sideways in that time. I like the company's multi-armed approach to professional services. I think the upcoming earnings call could be the catalyst it needs to break out. Was considering adding to my my position... I like it. Look, look, I've always
4: liked it. It's great information technology. It's done a good job. I don't want to necessarily peg it to the quarter. But I think you're in a strong suit there, Mr. Exit 98. One day you have to come down. You have to come to Ocean Grove with me, 105. Anyway, now I feel better. The callers made me happier, because I feel badly about what I had to say about, about alphabet. I do! Hey, I have a heart. I'm not a simulation either, just for the Hey, does Alphabet even deserve to be a fang anymore or is it just fan from now on? The company has some deep issues and sadly I didn't get any answers. Much more man tonight. Uh, including my exclusive with a company going beyond the barcode to help businesses stay on top of things. Then the homeowners have been on fire this year, so could the pullback in TriPoint be an opportunity? I'll talk to the CEO and all your calls rapid fire. Tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer.
5: Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. You
1: know, listening to you from far away, you're even better in some ways, Jim, than when I'm right there. Holy
4: cow, that's how my wife feels. The further away, I'm better. Pretty interesting.
1: It all starts
5: at 9 a.m. Eastern.
4: Right now, we're in the heart of earnings season. And with so many companies reporting at the same time, it's tempting to just take your cue from the stocks and what they're doing after a couple of reports. But as I told you last night, sometimes the action is profoundly misleading because it has more to do with the expectations game than the fundamentals. Take a company we have supported for ages, Zebra Technologies, ZBRA, the enterprise asset intelligence company that helps other businesses keep track of their inventory or their vehicles or their employees. They make specialty printers, mobile computing, data capture, radio frequency identification, and real-time locating systems, all of which are essential in a world dominated by e-commerce. If you want to compete with Amazon, you need to handle your logistics, and that's where Zebra comes in. This company has a terrific long-term track record, but this morning Zebra reported a seemingly solid quarter. Stock got crushed, down 7%. Why? Even though it delivered a modest top and bottom line beat, management's guidance for the next quarter was a little disappointing, at least in a couple of line items. We're going to get into that. However, the real problem was the Zebra stock had run up substantially in the three months since it last reported. So you had a lot of investors who were eager to ring the register. There really wasn't that much more to it. I think this may turn out to be a buying opportunity, but don't take it from me. Let's dig deeper with Anders Gustafsson. He is the CEO of Zebra Technologies. Find out more about this company's prospects. What's going on, Andrews? Welcome back. Good to see you. Thanks. Have a Great seat. to be back. Oh, so, Andrews, you know, I know that um, I'm the stock guy and you're the company guy. But <laughs> when I went through the quarter, what I came back with was there were some people who said you had such a strong beginning yeah. that maybe you don't think the second half is going to be as strong given what you gave your guidance. I'd like to just clear up that before we talk about what you really do.
6: But well, first, we had a very strong first quarter. we had nine percent revenue growth, EPS was up 14 percent, and we had um, just phenomenal growth last year. so our growth rate has uh, moderated a little bit over over you know First quarter, as we look into second quarter, so we, or uh, second half, right. we, we, uh, you know, we felt we have confidence in the ga- outlook we gave, but we don't want to get out ahead of our skis either.
4: Okay, terrific. Now, there was something about the list that I gave of all those different parts versus what happened in the conference call, which I thought was really good. You're kind of changing the narrative finally. It's not just different products. You are basically becoming a consultant to people who need to keep their costs down, become more efficient, and certainly, maybe if they can, control the cost of labor, which has gotten very, uh, yep. very high. Is it coming together now that you're not just a bits and bobs company?
6: Yeah, I think we, we've worked hard for a long time to you know to make our, our devices more intelligent, to instrument uh, environments, to be able to take advantage of all the data. And you know, we think a couple of things that we do well that, that is helping us in this area is that if we... We know our customers' workflows really well. You know, we understand how they do business, and we, you know, we can we can help advise them as to how they can do that even better. And now we have also access to more data from the edge of the enterprise that we can take advantage of and analyze that and, and provide feedback or or next, you know, recommendations about what they should do next.
4: Okay, tomorrow you're going to ring the closing bells. Your 50th uh, 50th birthday.
6: Yeah. How has the company
4: changed? You made a radical acquisition, which you took. Yeah took a lot of guts because a lot of people thought you took down debt, but it turned yeah. out you have a lot of cash, so you paid it down pretty quickly. It's a different company yeah. than 50 years ago.
6: Yeah, we started 50 years back with uh, our two founders that had... Uh, an idea of doing basically a, um, a hole-punch tape uh, uh, right. mechanical equipment. And in the mid-'80s, we made a transition into, into barcoding. And then you know, five, four or five years back, we made the acquisition of Motorola's Enterprise business, which worked out very well for us. And that's a quite a different company today. Can you talk
4: about uh, just the, the, there was a lot of discussion about the Android mobile computer, yeah. what it means for you? Because I think that that's something that a lot of people are uh, very excited. It's, it's the most, you know, each person is basically a force of 10 because of it.
6: Yeah, so Android um, in the enterprise, you know, Microsoft, the old uh, Microsoft Windows C or uh, Windows mobile devices were the, uh, you know, used to be the standard. Right. You know, we were the right. first to really ad- uh, adopt and promote Android for the enterprise. And, uh, you know, w- we we estimated that there's about 10 million devices, uh, uh, Microsoft devices, left in the market. And uh, <clears throat> we see that's a great opportunity for us. And you know, with Android, we've been able to drive a lot greater uh, Uh, leverage of of, uh, new use cases Uh, so people are using it in different forms and they're pushing the technology out further into the enterprise so more and more people are getting uh, some form of device or technology in their Uh, hands.
4: Okay, so if someone gets the technology uh, versus, let's say, five years ago, how many people would you need to run a warehouse five years ago versus now with this technology? (laughs)
6: I'd I'd say generally, um, yeah, it's hard, hard for me to generalize about exactly But extraction. I'm trying to
4: say that, yeah, that your is going going down. Cost, yeah. Yeah.
6: I can give you maybe a different, slightly different example. Okay. Uh, if you look at uh, a lot of um, uh, retailers and, and uh, uh, logistics companies said that they raised um, minimum wage, mm-hmm. as an example, quite, right. quite substantially. <clears throat> Yet everybody says that they're keeping OPEX the same. And, you know, how are they doing that? You know, by basically p- providing more automation, right. you know, different ways. So, so you could say that whatever that increase in wages were, you know, without having to imp- increase uh, OPEX, that's something that, you know, we and others help to, to help to drive.
4: And I also want people to know about the science. Anything new NFL with what you guys do?
6: Yeah. I think NFL today is, is is going very well. You know, it's a little quite quiet. Hotel we'll uh, with your put, foot, uh,
4: yeah. Yeah, so you guys know you. You well, I mean, your your technology is yeah. superior for everything.
6: Yeah, so they, you know, they, you're using it more and more. So I think now what we're seeing is more. Each club, each team is is, uh, you know, working hard on figuring out. So exactly how can they drive the most value out of this? Right. So uh, and we see more and more interest from the from the practice fields for how to use it in practice right. also, not now, just in the game day.
4: Uh, arms race between Walmart and Amazon. I don't. I know that you don't necessarily name clients in your yeah. uh, in, in in your. Uh, deck. But yeah. it seems like that's gotta play right in Zebra's hands.
6: Yeah, I'd say the 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 uh, the, the the focus on innovation that's come from you know, e commerce and now you know brick and mortar type of retailers mm-hmm. responding by having to you know, deploy more technology, be more innovative. You know, that is something that helps us, as we we can basically you know provide tools and and solutions for you know both e-commerce and traditional brick-and-mortar retailers to be able to you know enter omni-channel and and right. new, new get new use cases, new business models.
4: Well, th- I think the whole world is going your yeah. way, not just <laughs> the United States. I want to thank Anders Gustafsson. He's the CEO of Zebra Technologies. Yes, Z B R A. It was down today, but as I keep trying to tell you, it's earnings season. Stocks go down, even maybe though they shouldn't. Mad Money's back into the break.
5: Take control of your financial future with the new madmoney.cnbc.com. Kramer's exclusive CEO interviews, full episodes, analysis, even your own soundboard. Plus, special access to Mad Money 101 with rules and techniques to break down the market for all investors. The red flag that makes me drop a stock immediately is... It's everything you need right when you need it. The new madmoney.cnbc.com.
4: It is... And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Skig dance over the light round. It's over with Daniel in California. Daniel.
2: Hey, Dr. Kramer. Thank you for taking my call.
4: I always like that doctor. What's up? Hey, just wanted to get your thoughts on ProLogis and any other real estate investment trust you're watching right now. Well, the only, you know, the real estate investment trust, we had not, not such a great number from Simon Properties today. And uh, and that's a company I really respect. And uh, you're buying pro Lodges at the at the uh, all-time high here. I, uh, let's just stay away. let this come in for a little. I think rates could go be a little bit higher. Uh, my view. Let's go to Victor in Puerto Rico. Victor. Hey Jim, Victor from Puerto Rico. Man, I just came uh, back from Puerto Rico. Walgreens Oh, I don't like that stock. I think that the company's kind of lost its way. They are. They have to make some changes. Because right now, I think they are really getting hurt by Amazon. Let's go to Paul in Virginia. Paul. Evening,
1: Jim. Thank you for taking my phone of call. Of course. I'm um, looking into purchasing some Carnival Cruise Lines, CCL.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, it's got that good yield, 3.65. Uh, but you know what? I do prefer uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines because I think they're doing slightly better. Uh, and that is, fra- that, you know, that's bought your your booth, Frank Del Rio, if you do that. I always keep his card handy because the stock has been a monster. Let's go to Jeannie in
2: Florida. Jeannie! Hi there, Jim. Thank you for taking my phone call. Okay. I bought Vodafone, VOD, at, at $27 a share right. uh, a few months back, uh, and I bought it for growth and dividend. The dividend is very good. It's gone have to, to 18 and change. Should I keep it? Or yeah, I, I guess so,
4: but if it bounces, you gotta go. You know, they don't have any growth, and, and, and that worries me a great deal. No growth. How about Jerry in Florida? Jerry! Hello, Mr. Kramer. Jerry. I want to thank you very much for taking my call. Of course. I bought Macy's the symbol M uh, in November of 2018.
5: I okay. still have it. Yeah, like Macy's down 21%
4: for the year. Uh, it does yield six. That dividend is safe while uh, they start breaking out. Some of the, you'll get some better numbers going. Uh, but uh, Jeff Kinnett right now, is uh, it is not wor- it, the stock's not working. But I'll, I'll take that yield, I'll take that dividend until we get higher stock prices. Let's go to Craig in Pennsylvania. Craig.
5: Hey, what's going on, Jim? How are you doing today? I'm doing as
4: well, You know, kind of a good day. How about you?
3: Yeah, I'm doing magnificent. I'm doing magnificent. magnificent. I have a question about it. A stock I called it a couple years ago about, it was a stick, sticker uh, or ticker symbol uh, E-C-L, Ecolab. Oh, I my God, Ecolab. That, that is just the
4: greatest. That company is fabulous. I mean, I need you to just own it. You can do some homework on it, but that company, I mean, I haven't found that company since I got in this business. It is terrific. That's a great choice. How about Randy in California? Randy. Oh, yeah, Jim, and uh, much
5: gratitude from sunny southern SoCal. Uh, Nice. I tell you what I'm asking about,
1: and I'm looking for an entry in uh, oil producers. Right. Looking specifically in the Permian. What do you think has Apache Corporation,
2: APA, turned the corner? It's
4: too much natural gas, and there's no outlet for that natural gas, at least enough in Mexico. I would prefer that you, if you want to go to the Permian, uh, you can do Pioneer, you can do EOG. Both of those are better companies than Apache. Uh, you can also do Concho and Simrex, but they're uh, kind of equal. But no, we're not going to push that one. We did have Anadarko for the trust. How about we go to Jeff in Kentucky? Jeff!
3: are Jim. How are you? I am
4: good. How about you, Jeff?
3: Gearing up for the Kentucky Derby here uh, in the world.
4: Oh, fun. Been there a couple times. Really like it.
3: Life is good. Calling about Elastics, E S T C.
4: I do, know, do not know Elastic. Um, I'm inelastic on the stock of Elastic. Uh, let's go to Jerry in Texas, please. Jerry! Yes. Booyah. Booyah, uh, Jerry. Okay. I, I have fiscal system,
6: system stock, and... I don't know. I'm thinking of either selling it or holding it. Oh,
4: come on, hold it into the quarter. I mean, you know, Chuck Robbins is going to do a good job. And if it's not the perfect quarter, think about how he's reinvented this company. Boy, does he ever not get any credit for doing some great things. Chuck and Tim, two people who are underrated, undervalued, and are heroes to me. And that,
5: ladies and gentlemen, of the
4: Lightning Round!
5: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
4: A lot of the home builders have been on fire this year, lower mortgage rates, lure buyers back to the housing market. But this kind of turn takes time, and sometimes stocks can get ahead of themselves. Consider the case of TriPoint Group. You know, we've liked this one. That's TPH for your home gamers. It's an amalgamation of local housing brands with huge exposure to the West Coast, along with Nevada, Colorado, Texas, some states in the Mid-Atlantic, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, all where you want to be. When TriPoint reported last Thursday, the stock got clubbed, lost 7.6% of its value in a single session. Why? Because the stock had run up into the quarter. And the results were okay. The company delivered a revenue beat with a small earnings miss as their home building margins were down substantially year over year. We've got to find out about that. Here's the thing. Since the beginning of 2019, we know the conditions in the housing market have improved with each passing month. So could this pullback be a terrific buying opportunity? Let's take a closer look with Doug Bauer, the CEO of TriPoint Group, who's here in New York City celebrating his company's 10-year anniversary. Get a better read on how his business is doing. Mr. Bauer, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to see you, Doug. Thank you. you. I like to think, like you always say on the show, I don't care where something's been, I care where it's going to. Rates have gone your way since the beginning of the quarter. Uh, In the cadence of things, are people coming back in because mortgages are not so bad now?
1: Yeah, we definitely saw either the momentum shift from the fourth quarter into the first quarter. I mean, the consumer is is definitely more engaged. But you really, the, the real picture at housing over the long term, is the demographic picture. You've got millennials, baby boomers, and that need, that demand just hasn't been met for the last several years. So now,
4: at the same time, though, it is tough to be in the business. I know from your terrific deck, you guys are very transparent, it, you know, home sale revenue is down 15%. Home building gross margins are under a lot of pressure, 380, uh, 830 basis points. Now, there were some one-time things there that I want you to explain, but it doesn't sound like it's a fabulous time to be in it, given that new deliveries were down 12%.
1: Well, the first quarter reflects the second half of last year when the market really, really softened up. All the builders took Took a little bit of a beating second right. half of, of last year. You, you come into the first quarter, that's what you're delivering. As we, as we mentioned on our earnings call, we've got about a 23% margin our backlog, and we've, we've, we've got a good runway for the rest of the year. A lot of wood to chop, but right. it's the market's looking good.
4: Now, isn't it true that in some ways Jay Powell, who is, of course, uh, attacked pretty wholesale by the president today, uh, did one thing. He made it so that helped get the price of housing down a little to make it a little more affordable. That did happen.
1: Definitely. I mean, it, you know, having the Fed take their foot off the pedal on interest rates has definitely helped. But in the, in the long run, it's really the demand characteristics, good job growth, strong wage formation, uh, wage growth. Those are the things that drive the demand of housing. But in the interim, you know, uh, it, lower interest rates definitely help. Okay. You happen to have a gift, which is warehouse
4: or piece of property. I want you to tell people it was like the last big big area. And then I want you to talk about zoning, because Barry Sternlich, who helped start you, was saying, listen, zoning has so gotten in the way of builders that it may never be the way it was. You've got a good heritage here.
1: Great question. When we bought Warehouse in 2014, we own and control over 11,000 lots in California. California is is not going to fall off into the ocean. We're a very land constrained uh, state. As a matter of fact, the governor has uh, went on, on, on the record of ju- wanting to generate 3.5 million new housing units in California. Now, I, I don't think that will ever right. happen in the next seven years. But TriPoint, with our over 11,000 lots that we own and control from the Warehouser deal, gives us a great runway for the next several years uh, in pulling margins through the P&L and lifting the value of the company. And that's
4: pretty good zoning there versus a lot of people trying to fit in zoning around the country, right?
1: It's so tough. The regulatory environment in California, up and down the state, is so tough. So we've got a huge built-in advantage. From that warehouser deal, Can
4: you speak about labor costs. There were a bunch of companies reported today, and they really just said, "Look, uh, you may think that there's no inflation, but labor's really going up." Uh, how about you guys?
1: Labor costs have gone up, but as the market slowed down the second half of last year, we, we've been working with our trade partners to get our costs more in line. But the aging labor force is, is going to be an issue with us for, for years to come, and that's something that is an industry we need to work on. Okay,
4: you're expanding some different areas. I, I like the Carolinas. I, how do you pick an area? Because how do you decide where you want to be?
1: Well, TriPoint is our 10-year anniversary. We right. went from 0 to $3.2 billion. Our goal for the next ten is is double that, and so you look at the southeast, uh, Jim, and, right. and, and the Carolinas, Atlanta, Florida, uh, Nashville. We're in none of those markets. No, so, so those are great markets for us to grow in, uh, in addition to Texas and the rest of the, uh, the Southwest. Is Phoenix the hottest area of the country? Phoenix is very strong right Why? now. Uh, it's it's attracting a lot of good jobs, well-paying jobs. The cost of housing is 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 relatively very affordable. Uh, hasn't probably had the run up at some of the other markets has okay. had over the last five years.
4: Right, uh, about two years ago, I looked for uh, places with my daughter in San Francisco, and she thought that it was per year what was per month when we were looking at <laughs> rentals. But and, and I said, listen, it's just out of control. I don't know. There's one bedroom. There's a starter home is one point five million. When I read your stuff, I started thinking maybe there's a break in San Francisco. Maybe even though Silicon Valley is doing well, maybe it finally did realize people realized it got out of hand
1: the the cost of housing in the core bay area where your daughter was it is gotten out of hand and, and and what the way to fix it and what the governor is looking to do is give some relief to the regulatory environment. This is economics 401. I thought that Trump was a pro, too. Well, I mean, we need to get some more land and some more supply okay. approved through this regulatory right. environment, and we can bring the cost of housing in California more in line with the rest of the nation. Well, that has to happen. It, it's it will. just You
4: can't have nothing but the richest of the rich living in, in the Bay Area. I, it's raw. I agree. Okay, that's fantastic. Doug Bauer, CEO of TriPoint Group. This is a really well-run home homeowner. Thank you so much, Doug. Good to Thank see you. you. May money. We'll be back the break. Apple. Own it. Don't trade it. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere and I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer and I'll see
3: you tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy
2: customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, package and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.